news week not much doing what gee whiz i'm uh, i'm just gonna say i'm exhausted uh i don't imagine i'll have a lot to say today because i am just talked out um i've lost track of the number of radio stations i've spoken every breakfast radio show in sydney uh and um and I've done more television today than um, probably ever before. It's just manic. The Optus drama is its great fodder for news, uh, but it is also just a massive, massive story. Um, so I'm going to unpack that today in my own words. Um, I've definitely got at least one caller on the line that wants to talk about it. And I want to talk to Troy Hunt from Have I Been Pwned, uh, which is a website that tells us if we've been the victim of, of these kinds of attacks. Because actually... A large number of people who were affected by this attack have already been had their data leaked before. Was it all the same data? Probably not. And that's the big, big issue here. So talk about that um, and any other questions that come through. But to be honest, not a lot of time because I, at the point of recording, I need to eat lunch. But also <laughs> um, I have to do uh, more uh, news TV news, uh, I've got to somehow produce a segment for the Today Show in the morning. Basically, I'm very short on time. But I sat here as I would normally hit record and went, nah, just I'll have to leave it. And then I went, I can't. I can't just dog it like that. Plus, breaking news, Stephen Fennick is not well. He's feeling a bit under the weather. So uh, two blokes talking tech, you know, it's not at risk. He'd probably just do it online. But I don't know. Just want to make sure we're all going to be okay for the, for the right amount of info this week. Um, anyway, um, that is, that is the state of play. Let's get a, let's get a quick and, uh, an informative EFTM podcast right out of the way. So the timeline of events is fascinating here, I think for the Optus saga, uh, on Wednesday at some point Optus noticed, um, um, some, unauthorized activity on their network. They say they shut it down. At one o'clock the following day, the Australian ran an article exposing the cyber attack. Now, let me just talk you through how that happens. Someone at the Australian got a tip that this had happened. Um, They then would have contacted Optus and said, is this true? Uh, And they would have said, you've got until one o'clock to tell us or something like that. We're going to publish. Now, I'm going to say they wouldn't have given 30 minutes. So I'm going to say someone found out about it at 9, 10, or 11 o'clock in the morning. At 2 o'clock, Optus posted on their website a little statement that they had been the victim of a cyber attack. Now, I work in the media, in and I cover the telco space pretty extensively. I didn't get an announcement about that. Um, it was brought to my attention by Nine News, the online team at Nine News, who wanted my comment and information. I read it and I said, did you get a media release? They said, no, we just found, saw it on their website. So Optus, I don't believe, used all their power to get the message out. I'm just going to say that here because there's a lot of conjecture about whether or not Optus should have used the media or should have contacted customers directly. Some say that using the media was a smart strategy because it did get the most coverage and um, that's a good way to go. Good on you. Great. I agree. <clears throat> but if you're going to do that, if that's your strategy, why didn't you email the tech media? Why did you maybe only email key newsrooms, for example? So like, do you see what I'm saying where there's a disconnect around their decision to go with um, – the media approach and their decision to not contact customers. So that's where I see a little bit of a, how's your father going on there? Um, Then it all hell broke loose. Uh, People began speculating on how many people were involved, how many records were stolen. 9.8 was the number I think agreed by most people we'd all go with. 
And 2.8 was the number of people agreed would be the most affected people. So they were the people that uh, their driver's license, their passports might be stolen. That's the number we're going with. And and at that point, it just it just cascades downhill. On Saturday, um, a user by the name Optus Data posts on a underground forum on the internet that they have the data. They want a million dollars. That Optus has seven days to pay. And um, that to prove they had the data, they would release some samples. So I got access to those samples and I rang people. I picked up the phone and I rang people. And I said, G'day, sorry to be a weird phone call, but my name's Trevor Long. I'm you know, a reporter. I told them who I was. And I wanted to verify if the data that they that I had on file was correct. And I would tell them their date of birth and their driver's license number and they would freak out. One guy hung up on me, didn't want to talk, thought it was weird. And probably rightly so, because it could have been a scam, right? But several I spoke to were Optus customers previously or were Optus customers currently. Bottom line, the data was real because here's how we know it. And this will come up when we talk to Troy Hunt from Have I Been Pwned. But um, have I been pwned or have I been pawned? Different names, how you pronounce it. But the website, have I been P-W-N-E-D? Have I been P-W-N-E-D? Allows you to type in an email address and find out if that email address has been part of another breach. So what I did with the 200 and then subsequently with other data was put an email in to have I been pwned. And if it was not there, that to me was hot data. That was new data. And those are the people I called. So then on... Monday, the story of the hacker um, was getting stronger. <clears throat> but on Tuesday morning, he releases 10,000 additional records saying Optus haven't paid. <clears throat> and I've looked at those records. There's Medicare details in there. And I wasn't going to disclose this, but I saw someone else disclose it. So I will as well. <clears throat> there are email addresses for, at the Defence Department there. So what that means is someone used their Defence Department email to sign up for Optus Mobile or Broadband. Now. If you've got someone's email address and their date of birth and their name and their address, <clears throat> you can socially engineer emails to them in the attempt to fish them and, and scam them. <clears throat> Excuse me. So the data is valuable and there was 10,000 lines exposed. But it wasn't more than a couple hours later. <clears throat> they wrote online, so they deleted all that information, deleted the, the ransom demand <clears throat> and said, too many eyes. And I'll read this verbatim because their English is horrible. We will not sell data to anyone. We can't if we want to. Personally deleted data from Drive. Only copy. Sorry to 10,200 Australian whose data was leaked. <clears throat> Australia will not see gain in fraud. This can be monitored. Maybe for 10,200 Australian, but rest of the population, no. Very sorry to you. Deepest apologies to Optus for this. Hope all goes well from this. Optus, if you're reading, we would have reported exploit if you had... Method of contact, no security mail, no bug bounties, no way to message. Ransom not paid, but we don't care anymore. Was mistake to scrape published data in first place. So what they're saying is that they would have reported this exploit that they found if Optus had a mechanism to do so. They also say that they've deleted the data that they had and there's no copy. Do we believe them? I don't. And I'll tell you why because I'm not sure this person is the legit hacker. So they might be, for sure. But how do we know? Because if they're person number two and person number one did the hacking, then person number one's probably got a copy of the data. So there's no way of really knowing. So we have to be vigilant. Everyone has to assume they, they are part of it. Now, Optus has contacted customers and told you if you are connected and how, so how detailed you are. And they've also said that in the next two days, they will offer the most, detail, the most affected customers free access to what's called Equifax um, Identity Protection, which is basically a product that monitors your, um, your credit uh, report and advises you if there's any movement on that, which means you can be alerted if someone's applying for credit cards or loans on your basis. So that's good. That's very good. But it's for one year. This stuff can last a long time. So that's where Optus is in for the biggest fight. I think they need to be paid, be up for, whew, excuse me, excuse me, um, compensation of whew, 500 to $1,000 per customer. That could cost them billions of dollars. So I don't know where it goes from here. 
Optus have said to other colleagues of mine, I've noticed online, they were asked, did they pay the ransom? The answer was no. Now, did they pay the ransom? The answer is no. I think that most likely that's true. I think the person caved because they realized how much pressure was on them. The AFP is after them. They're in a bad spot. And by the way, the 10,200 email addresses have since been reposted by someone else because, like me, someone else has downloaded them. So those 10,200 people are, sadly, um, their data is well and truly gone. It's super public. So they're strongly warned not to engage with any emails that uh, may be trying to scam them. It's a tough one for them. So look, it's solid. What do you make of it? I think that Optus hasn't handled it well. I think their communication hasn't been amazing. I think they should be willing to say things and they shouldn't be throwing it back onto the AFP every minute of the day. Um, but that said, it's hard to tell. Hard to tell what the right thing to do is in any of these circumstances. But I don't know why they didn't pick up the phone and ring Samsung. Because Samsung knows how to deal with a crisis. Hello, Galaxy Note 7. That's what they should have done. Anyway, I'm not sure they did. If they did, Samsung's given a bad advice. <laughs> anyway, let me know what you think. Uh, jump online. Head to the website, eftm.com. Click on Ask Trev. This is the EFTM Podcast. EFTM Podcast. Look, I know all the conversation is about what to do if you're an Optus customer, but there's something else that's bugged me about this, and that's how many people didn't realize that they've probably already been hacked in terms of their personal data has been breached in some way, shape, or form. And the example I'll give you is a lady who contacted me desperate to get in touch because she thought she had information on the hackers that Optus was ignoring. And she sent me all these screenshots, you know, the, they've sent her an email, there's this Uber stuff going on. It's all happening. She's reported to the police. And then I said, you know, your information has been involved in several other data breaches. And she goes, what are you talking about? So on the line is a man who knows more about data breaches and security than I will ever begin to learn. And that's Troy Hunt. And he operates a website called have I been pwned? Have I been P-W-N-E-D, P-W-N-E-D.com. Troy, g'day. Hey, g'day. Thanks for having me. Mate, I'm sorry to bug you on your honeymoon, but your your, your new wife is is out uh, enjoying her, her time, so uh, she doesn't know about this. So we'll keep this between you and me, all right? Um, the, the example <laughs> I just you. gave you is fascinating because I had this woman just so convinced that, that she had the hackers on the line, essentially, because she was an Optus customer and she had all this scam stuff going on. And then I typed her email address into Have I Been Pawned, and I, we should say it's spelt P-W-N-E-D. Um, and, hey, presto, I'm sorry, love, but, you know, Canva, uh, MyFitnessPal, ShopBack, there's a long list of sites that have her email address. Tell me about, I guess, what sits behind the website. How do you know all this? Well, the basic premise of Have I Been Pwned is that there are lots of data breaches out there that very often impacted individuals don't know about, uh, either because they haven't been disclosed by the organisations being breached, and that's obviously not the case with the news at the moment, there's a lot of disclosure, yeah. uh, or because individuals just haven't been contacted. And, and, and this is the, the fascinating thing that impacts many people, and, and not just uh, not just the, the, the masses out there, but myself as well. I've, I have been in... 25-odd data breaches, I think, where very often the first I know about it is this data floats around the web. I vacuum it up. I put it in this big database. It's got about 12 billion records in it now. Mm. Uh, and if you're a subscriber to the service and it's just a free notification thing, you get an email and it says, hey, look, you've been in you know, my fitness pal. My wife was in my fitness pal. And the mm. first she knew about it is my service sends her an email and says, hey, you know, you've been pwned. And uh, the thing is, I've been solidly pwned, mate, more than you, 27 data breaches. I mean... Uh, oh, congratulations. That, wow, yeah. that's, that's impressive. <laughs> Record holder. Um, and I think there's part of that is because I've used the same email address forever. Um, and also I sign up for a lot of things to test them. You know, it's my job. But it's fascinating really, isn't it, how many of these exist? And because it, it doesn't really matter whether you've been in 27 or 1. The thing is what you try and tell people is what's been compromised because that's the critical part of this, isn't it? Well, this is what I think is really fascinating for people. And, you know, the, the lady before I gave the example, I mean, she probably was not aware that not only was it her email address, which is sort of like the primary key to your digital life, right? That, that's the yep. thing that you leave everywhere and that's the thing that you search and have a been found. 
But then associated to that, if from my fitness palette, there might have been passwords, for example. Uh, and hey, you know what? That's the same password that most people use everywhere. So what you've now done is you've leaked the credentials to your digital life. You know, that MyFitnessPal data breach now gets you into someone's Facebook or possibly even into their email, which is the worst place to be because that then unlocks everything else because it's your email that you send the password research to. Which is why I often say to people when you're changing passwords, and it's the I know security people like you probably think it's ridiculous advice, but the most important thing to me is that your, your bank and your email are unique. I don't care if your Facebook and Twitter account are the same password, but your bank and your email have to be unique because if your Twitter or some shopping site gets hacked and that password you use there is the same as your email, they're in your email and they then request a password reset for all of your other services, don't they? So the email is absolutely the most critical one because that is then that skeleton key to your life, right? Uh, and, of course, it's not just about having a strong, unique password, but all the good email services these days have got multi-factor authentication yep. where you have to have either a little authenticator app or ideally you have something like a physical security key, which, which the likes of Gmail support as well. So there are ways of locking that down. But then you've still got, you know, geez, you've got like 27 accounts that have already been, have been pwned. So you've probably got like 270 accounts somewhere else. Yeah. You know, how do you manage those? Because a lot of those do have very personal things in there. Your Amazon account has got your purchasing history. Your yeah. Netflix account has got your viewing history. There's a lot you don't want to share there. Yeah, exactly. And I think the other fascinating thing that people probably don't realize is that this data that, that you know about because you've seen it all essentially and scammers have therefore got access to. If Troy Hunt has it, then scammers have it. Is that is that safe to say? Yeah, absolutely, because I'm only getting data that for the most part is in public circulation. I mean, that, right. that, that corpus of information, have I been pwned, is out there on public hacking forums. Some of it's on the dark web, but hey, the dark web is really easy to get to. And most of it, like the Optus data that was you know, is in the news at the moment, obviously, is there on a public website on a forum easy for anyone to download and this is billions and billions and billions of records just like that floating around and what they do with that is what what's fascinating there was a there was a scam going around a few years ago and it was it was all about um playing onto people's biggest insecurities and that is their personal literal personal privacy i think you might have heard of it where they get an email saying hi we've got video of you in a compromising position while you're watching pornography right and what it did to, that, that really triggered people was it said, we know your password, and then they'd put the word, the password. And because we all are guilty of using the same password different times, because that is a real thing you've used at some point in your life, you think, hang on a minute, what's going on here? And you feel real about it. And that's what they've done is they've pulled your email address and your password from a, a hack, and they've used those two bits of information to make you think that they know more about you than they really do. Yeah, and it, look, that's classic social engineering. If you can reflect some information back to people which they know is accurate, and particularly in the case of password, they usually consider it to be a secret. They look at that and they go, well, Jesus, this, this really is mine. And that lends credibility to the broader picture being painted in that, that scam email. And look, even if you have never found yourself in the situation which they represent you have uh, been snapped uh, enjoying a quiet moment, you look at that and you go, hang on a moment, like, I recognize this. And, and that, that does really trigger people. And there's a reason you keep getting these things because a very small percentage of them actually work. Yeah. And, and that's the reason why this Optus breach is so critical because it contains some of the most important data. Have you ever seen a data breach that contains the breadth of information that the Optus one allegedly does? Oh, yeah, look, there's been loads of other incidents out there that have had huge volumes of data. I think there's the largest I can think of in Australia, probably the largest before that in Australia was the Australian Red Cross Blood Service, which I was also in back in about yeah. 20, uh, 2015, 2016. But when we look at it at the global scale, we, we've had incidents where in South Africa, for example, there was a data aggregator that got compromised, and it was basically everyone in the country, including the national IDs, including a bunch of deceased people, uh, that was massive. The Philippines Election Commission a few years ago, uh, same sort of thing. So this is a big news story in Australia at the moment, but it's certainly not unprecedented. And, and the, the, do you now look at the data that was released? And I don't know, you're on, on a honeymoon, so you're probably not totally off every minute of it, but the hacker has withdrawn the, the ransom demand. They have deleted the, the links to the, to the data that was released earlier today and on the weekend. 
does that data go into your service now? Because there are 10,200 people whose data was essentially released by the hacker. I was just looking at the timeline of this, actually. So at 12.02 this morning, this person posted and said the data will not be sold or leaked. That's at, right. Uh, 12.09, so seven minutes later, someone else posted the data. <laughs> so we, we had right. a seven-minute hiatus of the data not being available. Look, I, I was actually just writing a, a thread on this when we, we began this conversation, and I, I don't intend to put this into Have I Been Pwned, largely because Optus has proactively reached out to everyone, so they have answered the question of okay. Have I Been Pwned. But yes. perhaps more importantly, if I put 10,200 records in there and the total corpus of impacted individuals is something like 10 million, it's deceptive. you're going to have 99 point. 99% yeah. of people say, hey, look, I didn't come up with the hit, so was I not right. Well, you, you just weren't in that subset. Yeah. So that would be deceptive. You're right. It'd be confusing. Yeah, I guess if you're saying we've, we've, we're have we've we covering this, then you're not, you can't be unless you get the full 11.2 million that he originally claimed. And just generally on the Optus stuff, uh, tell me where you don't do or don't want to talk about it, but uh, do you think, so I've been thinking about it since this Optus data person, this hacker we're calling them, um, reneged and, and deleted their original post and withdrew their, their ransom demand. Do you question whether or not that person really is the hacker? Because it's quite possible that they were just someone that got the data from the hacker as well. Well, when everyone's attempting to be anonymous and, and for obvious reasons hide behind a veil, we, we can sort of only speculate. But look, what we do know is that uh, the person that posted the original post uh, and then deleted that original post uh, is at least the same account, so most likely the same person, that then uh, made the post saying that there's too many eyes on it and they're, they're removing the data. But all we have to go by is an anonymous person who had no problem whatsoever with leaking extensive personal data of over 10,000 people mm. now saying that they've had a change of heart and uh, they've deleted the data, honestly, trust me. <laughs> yeah, you know, make be, that what you will. Because I, I look at it and I go, don't. No one should look at. I don't. I worry about what the headlines are always going to be because I worry a, a headline over the next twenty four hours is going to be hacker, um, you know, caves. When in fact, hacker could have been Bob, and Bob shared the data with Bill, and Bill was the person that posted it. You know, this 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 claim online. So we still got Bob out there. You know, who's got the data? We we have to assume that there are huge amounts of data out on the open uh, market and people need to be vigilant about it, don't they? And well, look, that's obviously Optus's conclusion as well because they have gone and notified every impacted individual, uh, not just those in, in the sample set of data. And the, the problem now is that forever in a day, someone will get a spam message and they'll go, oh, I wonder if that was, I wonder yeah. if that was the Optus data. You know, like I wasn't in that 10,200, but... You know, maybe that was me. And, and honestly, we won't know because at the end of the day, yeah. those billions and billions of records are, are all out there in the big melting pot. And a lot of them do get aggregated together into just massive supersets of data. So, you know, did you did you get breached in the Optus data breach and that's why you're getting the spam? Or was it because of, you know, one of those fitness apps or <laughs> any one of gazillions of websites that have been breached? Because the reality is everyone with a, a solid amount of knowledge and, and you're a smart man could do what you're doing. And that is aggregate everything. And that's what, you know, a scamming database is. It's an aggregation of all that that's out there. It's just that you've chosen to do a positive thing with it as opposed to scamming people and, and making money that way. It, it, that's safe to say. It, scammers have billions of lines of data as well. Yeah. And, and look, now more than ever in, in the era of the cloud where it's so cheap and so easy to stand up massive databases of information, uh, and then it's so easy to obtain these masses of information in the first place. Yeah, like it, it is very easy to either stand up nefarious versions of Have I Been Pwned or just stand up massive spam operations based on this data. Uh, and, uh, of course, remember that we're not just talking about email addresses, we're talking about spam. It's all the other information related to that, mm. such that you can have really enriched versions or, or views of what an individual is. I think the uh, the fact that you operate this service that probably not a lot of people still know about is, is admirable. Um, I encourage people to firstly have a look. Have I been pwned? Have I been P-W-N-E-D, P-W-N-E-D.com. And you've just got to type in your phone number or your email address and it will quickly tell you, have you been pwned? And that's that's the starting point for you to then go, okay, uh, reminder, time to change passwords, time to do those things. Troy, uh, you do this uh, very nobly, but you do have a, a donate button on the page. 
which I encourage people to hit if it's a single one-off donation just for the fact of getting that knowledge of, of the data that you've, you've been in, data leaks that you've been involved in, or if you uh, want to do an ongoing uh, donation to, to Troy's work and have it been pwned, you can do that there as well. Um, I've just jumped back in because I did it years ago. I must have cancelled my PayPal or something because I realised I've, I've not been doing it. So <laughs> apologies for, so for letting you, you down there. Thanks, um, uh, but it's it's a great service, mate. You should be proud of what you do and uh, and hopefully people are getting much benefit out of it, especially in a time like this, mate. I appreciate your time and especially given you're on your honeymoon. Uh, no worries. Thanks for having me. Trevor Long taking your calls. Brett's on the line. G'day, Brett. Hi, Trevor. How are you? Mate, really good. You emailed me a a solution to a problem raised on last week's show about alternatives to the iPod. I think it was a granddad that had got in the the habit of buying iPods for his grandkids or something, and I went, well, mate, you're stuffed because they don't make them anymore. (laughs) But you had a really great idea. Yeah, well, that's right. You can use any older iPhone an older one because it's cheaper, but uh, I've got a iPhone um, 7 256 gigabytes, which has got about uh, I've, I've transferred about 30,000 songs onto. The bloody iPhone, it's as simple as that. Fair dinkum, hadn't thought of it, mate. Hadn't thought of it. So, yeah, well, are you did you where did you buy that? Have you always had that? Is that just a, a leftover or? Oh, I've had it from you, yeah, yeah. right. So I mean, you could buy an iPhone eight pre, um, like uh, refurbished as they call them, uh, for two hundred and eighty nine bucks. That's actually nearly the same price as what an iPod Touch was, I think. That's right. It's a uh, it's a great solution. Uh, if you went to an iPhone six, I think you'd be able to use a a uh, headphone jack too, wouldn't you? But That's anything higher than that, you've got to use you've got to use uh, wireless headphones. I feel like the seven might. Does the seven not have a, a headphone jack? Was that the courageous year, the courageous decision? Uh, well, my, mine, mine certainly doesn't. Anyway, right, okay, and I assume none of the others do. Yeah, so we must have been the seven that was the the end of the uh, headphone jack, and the eight was the start of the wireless charging. But you know, an eight right now is two eighty nine. I don't know anything else. But before that, you're going to have to buy pretty much second hand on eBay or Facebook, and there is some risks around that. But still, mate, what a genius idea! And so. Why? Let me ask you this: Why do you have music instead of a music subscription in this day and age? Oh, well, I'm a bit of a music buff, and I have both. Now, I'm not saying I use the iPhone Seven very often, but I've got it there as a backup. And yeah, you know, yeah. I, I have an Apple Apple Music subscription too, and uh, I use it all the time. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a genuine music fanatic. So, uh, but uh, just for those who want to have an an iPod, you know, that's the that's the ideal solution these yeah, days. Mate, it is. It is. Uh, 30,000 songs, mate. You know, you've struggled to get through all those at any point in time. Yeah. Um, the secret is to, um, w- with an iPod, I think you can just transfer the music straight over. Yeah. But with an iPhone, you've got to turn off your, your iCloud music sync for, while you're doing it. Then you can you can turn it back on again once the music's transferred on, and you can continue also to use the the uh, Apple Music subscription if you've got one um, through your Wi-Fi. Yeah, so that's so you can use both best of both words. What who is your favourite artist in your thirty thousand song collection? Oh, probably Frank Zappa or Buddy Holly, uh, Chuck Berry, um, The Doors. A big, I'm a big favourite of, big, oh. big fan of. Um, yeah. You got me thinking about Buddy Holly now. I might fire up some Buddy Holly this afternoon. Very good man. Well, Brett, I appreciate you reaching out, mate. I think it's uh, I think it's a perfect solution, and uh, it's good advice, mate. I appreciate it. Good on you, buddy. Thanks, Trevor. Cheers, mate. Thank you. Um, Brett's at the shops, but he had a genius idea, so I wanted him to share it. Really, really happy with that one. That's, that's such a great idea, and I can't believe I didn't say it myself. Moving right along. Now, exclusive news for podcast listeners, because I should have got this information out online already, but I'm struggling to get through everything this week. On Saturday, I'm launching EFGM's Favourite Things. $25,000 worth of prizes that you can win. We're giving away one prize every day. The rules are you can enter every day once 
you can only win once in the 31 days because I don't want someone to win five times and people to get up at me, even though it's all going to be completely random. So you can only win once. There are 31 prizes. They are random in their value order. They might be very, very cheap from $99, excuse me, up to $2,799, $99 up to $2,799. But it's called EFTM's favorite things. And I want to give away as little as I can about what's included here because I think I want it to be exciting every day. I want every day to be something interesting. So the rules are quite simple. You're going to need the EFTM app. So open that up and set up notifications and get your EFTM ID. That's going to be the way you enter. Your EFTM ID plus a daily code word. So there are prizes here that are utterly desirable among the mass population. But then there are prizes here that I just think are amazing and we still use in our daily or weekly lives at home or here at the office. There are brand new products here. There are products that will um, save you money from existing things you're spending. Um, there are products worth, as I've said, there's several products worth well over $2,000. Several products worth well over $1,000. And there are products, there's one product worth $99. Uh, I'm going to do spreadsheet. I'm going to do Rigby spreadsheet work here. Average, and then select the column, and then change the bracket. The average value of the prizes are $807.93. Okay? So the average daily prize is $800, but they start at $99 and go up to $2,799. And you can imagine, of course, some of the great people that support EFTM, like TCL, Belkin, um, Uniden, Arlo, Netgear, Oppo. There's all those companies are going to be involved. But here's the thing, and this is what I'm most excited about. No prize is repeated. So during the 31 days, there are 31 different prizes, and I'm so excited. So I will announce the prize on. Uh, but basically, there'll be a post on the website every day. Every day, there'll be a giveaway post, and that post will have the entry form in it. Um, you'll get the announcement of that because you've got the EFTM app with the notifications turned on. Simple as that. Um, I am considering that one or more of them, the code word will only be included in the notification. So you never, never know if you never, never go. I'm thinking about that, okay? So, super excited. Every single day. Starts on a Saturday. And it starts big too, let me tell you. It's good. Um, starts on a Saturday. Goes all the way through to Monday, the 31st of October. Um, 31 prizes in 31 days. EFTM's favorite things is so exciting. I'm not going to say I'm more excited than when we gave away a car, but I'm super excited. This is a really exciting prize pack. And it's all about just, you know, giving back and keeping you engaged. I want you to come to the website every day. Yeah, that's what I want. So it's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. And I can't wait to kick it off on Saturday with the first prize, which I'm not going to tell you what it is, but it sucks. Okay. Okay. Um, I, I think that some of the cheaper stuff is going to be the most exciting because it's such cool stuff, but there'll be plenty of hype around the the two or three most exciting most expensive prizes too gotta say they're very cool all right very cool so eftm's favorite thing starts saturday october the first 31 prizes in 31 days download the eftm app now so that you get the notifications exactly when we when we're ready to take your entry in each day's prize draw this is the eftm podcast Taking your tech questions, if you've got one, go to the website, eftm.com. G'day, Margaret. Hi, hi, Trevor. What can I do for you? What's happening in your world? Is it Optus-related? Oh, <laughs> it very much is Optus-related. It's all very well for Optus to tell us we're at risk, but they're not telling us how we can fix anything. I've, um, I've, I've got passport. I've got driver's licence. I've got bank accounts, Optus direct debit, one of my payments. I pay the other myself yep. i just don't know what we're supposed to do to try and fix this problem so first and foremost 
uh, don't worry about payments. No financial information was obtained in the hack. So they don't have your credit right. card details, your bank details. You don't have to worry about your password. Right. Weirdly, that was also not uh, included. So your password is safe. Although I would encourage everyone to take this opportunity to go, you know what? I'm going to get myself a new strong password for my Optus account, for my email account, and for my bank, and that will be good. So let's get some new passwords happening there. With regard okay. to the information that they got, have you received an email from Optus yet? I received an email. I think it was might have been one of the first. I think I got it Friday morning. Wow, you were Thursday one of the first. was when they. Okay. Yes. <laughs> and what did it say? What information did it say at the top? Did it say no ID documents or ID documents had been included? Oh, like I'm I'm on my phone and I can't um so, I can't look. That's okay. They told me I was at risk. They okay. told me I was at risk. So mm. I, I'm going to look. I've got a couple of copies here. People have sent me. Um, so the first one says no ID documents or details have been affected. Um, it still talks about all the things that you kind of need to do, um, which is fair enough. But I'm guessing yours is is of the more urgent style, the one that I got, because good news, I got it as well. Um, right. <laughs> I, I'm not an Optus customer, but um, because I was for a month, uh, three, two years ago, I am in their database. So mine said... The information which has been exposed is your name, date of birth, email, uh, the number of the ID document you provided, such as driver's license or passport number. Do you remember if it said anything about your driver's license or passport number? I, w I would have used my driver's license. But do you remember if Optus's email said that to you? No, I would have to look that up again. So yeah. the biggest, so, I mean, the bottom line here is it's, it's the same for most people, except Optus is going to offer people whose ID documents were obtained a little bit of extra help. They're going to offer you um, protection of your identity through a company called Equifax. So if yeah. you get another email from Optus that talks about Equifax, then follow its instructions, okay? Um, there, will not be a, is that, is there will not be a link in that email to click. I'm confident that there will just be instructions on what to do. And what that'll help oh, cool. you do is may, is understand whether anyone else is using your identity in any um, uh, nefarious way. And and how confident can we be that Optus has got this right? Um, that's a great question. I <laughs> I want to say very confident. I think Optus knows exactly what information left the building, and I think therefore Optus is is able to very specifically help people. So, for example, my email says the email associated with your former account. So they know that I'm no longer a customer, but they know what information was taken. So there's right. obviously different sets of customers, and I think that's good. Um, if you wanted to, then obviously you can start like an online chat with Optus, and, and I think they might be able to tell you in more specifics. But in the well, end, more <laughs> in, in the end, on, online, there's, yeah. there's not online. much they're going to say to you other than what they've said in that email. So what I want you to do, and this is my advice to everyone, is definitely change some passwords because that's a good time to do it. But most importantly, keep an eye out for on on any email you get. If it says, hi, Margaret, um, birthday's coming up in, you know, and they say the exact month <laughs> of your birthday um, and your driver's license, uh, which is this number here in brackets, needs renewal, don't believe it. Don't believe oh, well, it for I a second. Anyway, yeah. I know, and and we all like <laughs> yeah. to think that Margaret, but that one yeah. time where they just get mm. you, they get you at the right time. You just never know. So yeah, yeah you just need to be a bit cautious about those things. Okay, um, so yeah. be very cautious about that. Do a uh, do a credit check. Make sure that no one's on your uh, applying for credit in your name, and and follow through with that Equifax offer when and if Optus make it to you. And when you say do a credit check, I haven't looked at getting credit for many, many, many years. Um, so what do I go into to do that? There's there's companies, uh, if you just search up a free credit check, you should be able to do a free credit check once every three months. Companies like Equifax, right. there are others. Um, uh, there's also a website if you wanted to spend some time reading. I couldn't get them on the show today, but they're called idcare.org, idcare. They're very knowledgeable. Um, there's a lot of fact sheets and information there, and, and it talks a little bit about how to protect your identity. Um, but basically, just doing a credit check every few months is a smart way to make sure that 
you know what's going on with anyone using your identity. Okay, and and if I and if I've um, with my driver's license, should I go down to New South Wales Service Centre and and talk to them about whether I need to change that? They, I understand, it is possible to change your driver's license number. You'll you'll have to pay for it. Now, I I'm going to say that's totally your call. I'm not the kind of person that's going to rush out and do that. Um, I'm more likely to just monitor my credit. Um, if you do right. and you pay anything, then keep receipts because at some point in time, I suspect Optus is going to have to pay compensation to people and I'd want to make oh, sure yes. you know what you're entitled to. So um, if you don't, like I use, if I change my driver's license number, it would drive me insane because I use it on such a regular basis and I, I know it off the top of my head and all that kind of stuff. It would be so frustrating. Um, likewise, likewise. So oh, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's the last thing I want to do. Um, mm. So maybe just wait a few more days to see what that – and go back to that Optus email. If it does not specifically mention your driver's license, then you're good in that sense. If it does, then you need to make that call on um, on whether you want to change that number. Okay. Okay. Got a bit of homework to do. <laughs> a little bit. But don't look, the main thing yeah. is don't stress. Be vigilant. And, uh, and follow the instructions that Optus sends. Do not follow any links in emails pur- purporting to be from Optus. And, and can I ask just one more question as yep. far as passports are concerned? I don't recall whether I have used my passport as an ID document with Optus because mm. it was so long ago that I joined them. Um, but if I have used that and that does become a problem, how will that be? How will I identify that? Well, the good news, well, it, it should mention it. Actually, I believe the email will mention it. And the other thing is, um, passports are five and ten years. So how old's your passport? It's probably soon to be. Oh, I've got a few years left on it. Yeah, I've got a few years left on it. You definitely get a new Mm. passport number when you change passports. I know that for a fact. Um, Yes. Again, your decision as to whether you take that call to to reply for a new passport. But I would hold off a little while until we know whether Optus is going to give any funding to people to do those things. Yes, okay. Yeah, it's just that I've got trips booked that I've had to use the passport as well. So Well, see the thing um, is thing is it's 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 not like they're gonna board planes on your behalf. They're just gonna use it for no. identification to apply for credit. So yep. it's really the, the credit yeah. history and the credit reporting monitoring that you wanna be most cautious of. Okay, thank you very much for that. All right, no worries. It's, um, good. it's a shocking yes. week, but it's we're all learning a lot about cybersecurity at the same time, aren't we, Margaret? <laughs> Oh, and I can't believe that they're only asking for a million dollars. Well, uh, the breaking news is they've withdrawn their their ransom. So there's some strange stuff going on, Margaret. Some very strange wow. stuff going on. Yes. Uh, so, I don't, oh, but don't okay. for a minute, don't for a minute think that because one person withdraws their ransom that the another person doesn't have the information and isn't giving it away to someone else to spam us all. Oh, goodness, so. this is. It's scary stuff in the age of technology. It is. Uh, but we, we'll work through it, Margaret. We're getting there, okay? Good. Okay, thanks very much, Good on Trevor. You. Thanks for getting in touch. Cheers. Thanks. So, you know, this is the problem. Everyone blames technology and I get the blame. Uh, um, yeah, it's tough. It's a really tough moment. And uh, uh, I think that we need to um, – we just need to be cautious. And that's the worst part about this. It's all about saying, be vigilant, be cautious. Ugh, it's actually really hard. Anyway, uh, let me know if this is affecting you. In any way, happy to help. Thank you for listening. Trevor Long, taking your calls. If you've got a tech question or a tech problem, go to the website, eftm.com. Just click on Ask Trev. That's what Leonie did. G'day, Leonie. Oh, I thought I was just speaking to you. You are. What's happening? How can I help you? Okay. Well, I was trying to get on to Norton because I, uh, Norton 360 because I'd heard that was a good one because yes. I'm not covered by – I'm with TPG, mm-hmm. but I'm not sort of covered for anything if anything happens. So tried to get in, and I thought I was on the official website, and it turned out I wasn't because um, I, I paid through PayPal, and when I didn't get a receipt from them, I, they usually give me ding-ding on the Facebook mm-hmm. page, and I thought I was in trouble then when I didn't get that message. So I rang my bank and I thought I changed my password first. Then I also re- uh, put some the main part of my money in another account mm-hmm. that nobody could get to in the bank. And then I rang the fraud squad and they said, "Okay, I'll give you a uh, new card." They cancelled it. 
So, but the thing is, these people have my address, phone number, and name. Right. And that that's my worry. And look, that that, <laughs> so, that you're right to be worried, Leona, you are, but I would argue that it's it's probably most likely they were just looking for that initial hit uh, of cash and if they had have got it, they might have come back to you and, and, and tried again. Have they got your email address? Well, they would have, yes, yeah. because so yeah, that, definitely, yes. That's, that's where I want you to be oh, most Oh, by the way, I did, get two, I did get two emails from them. And, how did, and I thought, oh, that's okay. And then when I didn't hear from PayPal, which usually happens immediately, that's when I started worrying. And you're definitely, you're, uh, you're absolutely confirmed that it, well, it's not the official Norton because you haven't seen a payment come through PayPal. So that's how how you kind of most that's right. confident, yes. Yeah. So the only so, I think the biggest the biggest risk to you right now is 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 probably just email scams. Um, so right. you, you probably just need to be hyper vigilant about what you do in your email. So links that you click, messages that you get, especially ones that relate to security, because what they know now about you is not just your name and address and, and email address, but they know yeah. that you are you are someone who will pay for security. So. What you should have you have you since organised Norton Security or other security for no, yourself? No, I haven't because I'm I'm because te- I'm terrified. I don't know yeah. who's who. So do, do it. Let's let's go old school. Head down to a Harvey Norman or somewhere, and and pick up yeah. pick up. Uh, I would recommend Trend Micro, um, but Norton is also fantastic. So pick up one of them from a retail um, store, and then yeah. then then there's no online transaction required. Okay. Oh, okay. So, what's that called again? Trend. Trend Micro. Oh, Trend. Trend Micro. Trend Micro Internet Security. They have multiple levels. Uh, the, the more you pay, the more the secu- more security is. But you don't need the the top one. That's got a. That's like three hundred dollars. It comes with a little box to protect your kids on the internet and different stuff like that. So I was paying about ninety dollars or yeah, something. That's about the. It should be between about ninety and one hundred and ten dollars a year. Um, should get you through. Um. Either you can you can you can also just buy a Norton 360 at Harvey Norman as well or JB Hi-Fi, um, and what they'll give you is oh, a, that'd is, be the way to yeah. Is, they'll I just, get it. They'll just give you a card, right? And what that card yes. is, it's like a voucher, and you'll then what you do is you type in the voucher code into Norton. All the instructions will be in on, and that way you can do your renewal. You can install the antivirus or internet security, and you're not making a transaction oh. online. Oh, thank you so much. That's, that's really helpful, Trevor. Thank you so much. All right. But just, again, just be cautious about any emails you receive about yes. any form of security because that's how the scammers will come at you from now on. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm always terribly careful. I mean, oh, I, I, I'm just so annoyed with myself that I was caught, you know. Don't be. Leonie, it happens every day. I know. To hundreds yeah. and hundreds of people. Do not be annoyed. You've done amazing because you you noticed something different and you picked up on that, and you you acted. So you've done a great thing. So just well, look, I, I'm I'm nearly eighty, and I'm terribly careful. And I've been buying on the internet for like maybe fifteen years. You're the OG. You've been, been right been at it. Yeah. Well, there's uh, <laughs> a first time for everything, isn't there? <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, thank you so much. I mean, there are very few people that you can actually speak to with no your worries. knowledge. Well, the only oh, I hope that you, you stay safe out there. Okay. Thank you so much. Good on you. And, uh, yeah, look, it's a simple learning really, isn't it? Um, I mean, I could have dug into more about how she found the original link and all those different things. And let's be clear between you and me, um, it could be that something else happened with the, the PayPal transaction just didn't go through and the like. It could have been the real thing. But just for simplicity and, and absolute security, she can just go and get the uh, renewal at, uh, at a retail store. Thank you for listening. Apologies for the shorter duration, but I am just under the pump. So much happening. And as you can tell, I'm also a bit tired. It's been a very long morning. 
um, a quick uh, overview of my Optus thoughts and what's going on available at Flash News. I switched on with Trevor Long. Um, and, of course, plenty of information at, uh, at EFTM.com. Many stories there about Optus. My God, I'm, I want to write something else. That's what I really want to do. Anyway, thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. Uh, tell your friends. Um, oh, 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 I better check. It's just going to say leave a rating. Let's see how many people left a rating. There was four. I said we needed five, didn't we? There was four. So, um, oh, there's six. We're in. <laughs> Bring on chip for brains. Trev's pot is always informative and entertaining. Thank you. Etch a sketch. I'm an old enough to remember chip for brains. Oh, wow. Good on you. I'd love an email from you. Laoma. I'm just looking at your username. I'd love an email from you about the old days. Um, Singmill. Trevor has the ability to explain in simple English how to solve tech problems or why product Y is better than product X. The calls are very helpful with real world problems. I've never spoken to Trevor, but his advice on Boost Mobile, Orbi and Aussie Broadband has solved my problems. Um, I know who that one is. Listener from day one. Thank you for your comment, uh, calling it a must listen. And your wife, <laughs> your wife also commented. This podcast has been going for years. Uh, good on you. You've used your wife's account. That's what's happened. She hasn't said that herself. Uh, and Jono, thank you, mate. That's very nice of you. Straight to the point. Uh, wealth of knowledge. Um, honest technology product reviews, mate. Really, really appreciate it. Thank you, everyone. That's very nice of you. I will have a listen to. I want to. I do want to listen before I put it up because it could be stupid. I want. Oh, there's f there's a whole CD's worth, but I'll listen to the first five and I'll choose the most interesting one to share in this thread in the week or so ahead. Okay, so it's done. It's a done deal. If I don't do it in two weeks, remind me, okay? Because I'm very forgetful. Thanks for listening, folks. See you later. 